Eric Tucker, and welcome to the Thought Session Podcast. I'm pleased to have joining me Angela S. Walker, who is a certified relationship coach with over 10 years of experience. She has dedicated her life to helping couples and individuals create happy and long-lasting relationships. Angela, welcome to Thought Session. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we are definitely happy to have you. As I mentioned to you a little bit in preparing for the segment that I saw your content that you had on social media, and I was like, I have to speak with this person <laughs> because this is something that everybody's thinking about. And, uh-huh. and as we say on the thought session, if you've thought about it, we'll talk about it. Let's so talk about it. Let's talk about this. And just to let you know, for our listeners, um, this episode, we're going to be talking about relationships and dating and in particular mistakes that are often made with the first date and the segment that you you posted is titled five biggest first date mistakes and I can't wait to get on that and the other two are five things that she will never complain about and Uh five things that he will never complain about And before we even get to the complaint part of the relationship, it usually starts with the first date, right? Yes, it does. All right. So we're going to jump into that. But first of all, you have some information in your bio that I feel make you uniquely qualified to talk about uh, relationships in general. And you want to share a little of your past experience with us? Absolutely. I love it because it's actually the reason why I'm so passionate and so dedicated to relationships. Whether you're single, whether you're a couple, I always have to give some help out to my single people, to my couples. Because honestly, I believe if we could help people, relationships stand strong. If we can change so much in our world, we can have less fights and less things that are happening negatively in our schools and our streets. And just call me a love fanatic, but I just believe that if our homes, if our relationships are strong, our young people can have more self-confidence. They can have better examples to look at. And it just will actually help everyone. You know, my goal is actually to have the divorce courts say, wow, we're having a slow day today. You know, I want things like that. (laughs) And let me tell you, I've gotten there because of the personal obstacles I had to overcome. I was in a 14-year marriage that failed. Uh, Before, uh, you know, the marriage, I had the dream like most of us have. I want the, the best marriage. I want the kids. I want the home. I want the business. I want it all. And when I stood at that altar, Uh, That is exactly what I committed to. That's what I wanted. And there was no turning back from that. You know, however, that fairy tale did not last long. We went through 14 years. The first 10 years were amazing. Uh, The last four was hell on earth. You know, we had, had, you know, we dealt with infidelity and a lot of verbal, emotional abuse. Um, I also had the pressure of raising a disabled child. Uh, She recently passed away in November 2019. And, you know, It made me go on an emergency self-discovery journey, Eric. I actually had to rediscover who I really am. 
And now I utilize that to help so many people reclaim their love and for one another through effective communication tips and techniques. If you notice, if whatever I'm posting, I like to give daily relationship tips. And I see a lot of either women bashing or men bashing. I had my years of that. I understand where you are when you're when you're feeling that that emotion. Uh, directly after my divorce, it took me seven years before I would even look at a man. I bought it off with your head. Now I passed that, Eric, so don't be scared. I'm but, just saying, I'm just saying. You <laughs> I'm know. just saying, I'm just keeping it 100 right now. I did not like the male species, okay? Because I was so wounded, I was so hurt. So when I see posts that come up and say, girl, just leave him alone and if he ain't got, I understand where they're at. But that's not what the direction I want to go right now. And I don't want to continue to feed the negativity and hurt that people are carrying around. I want to teach you how to have a healthy and long-lasting relationship. I want to give you those strategies that are comprehensive and customized to your specific relationship needs. And this is where all of this has come about. And when I post it out, I want to you to look at those things, identify with it, see the things that you're maybe doing wrong, see the errors that you may be making, and then see the things that you're doing right. We do start with that first date. We can't get past step one. We cannot go any further, not in the right way. You know, I'm so happy to hear you mention that. And thank you for sharing that with us because when you see these couples that seem so happy, they've been together 20, 25 years. And I love seeing those because they're great examples. It's like, it's kind of hard to take tips from that scenario <laughs> because you, you feel like they can't relate. And I think I've gotten some of the best tips from people who've had some of the hardest experiences. So I just applaud you for sharing that with the listeners, because to me, it's like, I can confide in this person because I really do feel like they can relate in some way to what I'm dealing with and because they've been there to a certain extent, right? Yes, absolutely. There's no judgment zone here with me. There's no judgment. I just want to promote your healthy and long-lasting relationship, but I have to get to the core of where you're going wrong. If we can't address where you're going wrong, you're just not going to get it right. Wow. You know, we could almost end the segment right there, uh, but the relationship starts off with that encounter, that yes. moment where you agree to see someone in a more intimate or private setting, if you will, yes. whether it's out for dinner or whatever. And apparently, a lot of these situations lead into frustration for one or more <laughs> parties, right? Because yeah. things just tend to go wrong. How come he's not calling me back? How come I haven't heard from her anymore? Well, revisit that first date. And it goes both ways because dating, it doesn't matter about gender, right? It, it is right. just the one person doing this and the other person doing that. And sometimes... Like you say, uh, mistakes are made. So I'm going to read through these five mistakes that you list, and I want you to speak on these, okay? Let's and go. some of these we may be familiar with. Some of these <laughs> we may not have known that that was something we shouldn't have been doing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, your mileage may vary. And again, this is five biggest first date mistakes. The first one that you list, uh, and I love that this is number one, talking about your ex. I, What's I, wrong with that? Oh my God. You know what? And I mean this in a most respectful way. I don't care if you're trying to talk about your ex in a bad way or a good way. Don't talk about your ex. First of all, let's talk about the bad side of it. When you're sitting here and you're talking to someone, 
and and you're constantly talking about your ex. Oh, he did this or she did that. They're actually putting themselves in your ex position. They're saying, you know what? If this doesn't work out with us, you're going to go and talk about me this way. Wow. <laughs> you, you don't want the person to feel like you will actually go out and bash them. You don't want that person to see themselves in that conversation. Now, you can say, well, Angela, well, how can you possibly go wrong if you're talking about your ex in a positive way? Well, you can, because now they're sitting there saying, well, why aren't, why aren't you with them? Why are we sitting here together? If they're so great, if they're so fabulous, why are we here? Why are we doing this? You don't want them to feel intimidated by your ex as well. It is a big no-no. Stop talking about your ex. This is not the moment. Hashtag unfinished business. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And so the second one that you list is texting throughout the conversation. What's wrong with that? Oh my God. Come on, people. Listen, if we're here and we're on this date, the whole reason we're here is to get to know one another. If you're texting throughout the conversation, you're showing the other person that what they are saying is irrelevant, not important at all to have your undivided attention. Who wants to feel like they're talking to thin air? Come on, if you're going to start off this way, I can already see where this is going. You don't have the decency to put your phone away. I wanted to go so much further in these, but I figured if I just hit you across the head, you know, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll make you see this. But it is such a turnoff for so many people. And listen, everyone, this is not Angela's uh mistakes that she thinks you should make. This is from surveys I've conducted. This is from me talking to the male and female counterparts. They believe it is very rude for you to sit there and text on your phone throughout the conversation. It makes them feel like they're not important at all. Please put the phones away. And ideally, if you cannot have it in sight, you know, that's even better. There are some situations where you may need to have your phone, and I understand that. I can talk from my experience. When my child was uh, living, she had cerebral palsy. I had to have my phone. But this is something I would actually explain. So, so that, that was nothing wrong. But come on, you're on a date. Put it away, people. Okay, so even if I'm trying to catch the score of the Super Bowl, <laughs> that's not something I need to be doing <laughs> at that point. Okay, it's all right, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Okay, so number three, taking a selfie. Oh, boy. Now, who, no. <laughs> explain to me, first of all, what you mean by taking a selfie, because I'm wondering at what point during a conversation or a date with when I'm meeting someone for the first time, do I pause and take a selfie? But this is something that's actually being done. Eric, believe it or not, it's been done more often as you can imagine. If you want to take a selfie, I get it. Take it prior to the date. I understand you feel like you're looking fly, you're looking good, you know, take the picture, you know, upload it. Hey, I'm going on my first date. Doesn't matter. But when you're in the company of your date, do not take a selfie. It makes you look like a narcissist. Like you just look narcissistic at this point. You look like you are a very selfish person. You look like you're totally into yourself and where's the space for the other person. Do not take a selfie. You know, I've heard this from honestly, ladies, I'm sorry, but I've heard it from a lot of men. It is a complete turnoff. They think we are very shallow when we sit there on our first date and we begin to take selfies. Give it some time. You know, if you're on your 20th date, pull out the phone, include him in it, but do not take a selfie. <laughs> I got you. And then after you take that selfie, you have to text it, which kind of leads you back you to the to. previous one. So yeah. Now you're you know. texting. <laughs> now you're texting again. Okay. 
And number four is excessive drinking. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. You're not at work. You're, you know, you're, you're on your, you know, in your free time, so to speak, but you are on a date. So alcohol can play a negative part in this, huh? Very negative part. Listen, when I used to drink and I would tell you, (laughs) I would love me some Long Island tea. Okay. I would love it. However, when you're in a dating setting and this person really doesn't know you, when you excessively drink, you look like a drunk. You cannot convince this person that you don't have an alcohol problem. And you probably do not, but it it has the appearance of that. And you don't know the person's take on drinking at all, especially if the person haven't ordered a drink. Uh, Sometimes it's best for you not to order a drink at all. Uh, A lot of times when you over drink, uh, those of you who have experienced this can identify with this. Some things you do that you would not normally do if you were not drinking. It's best to stay focused, stay clear. And because afterwards, I don't care what the song says, you cannot blame it on the alcohol. Don't do excessive drinking. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, I think we could do a whole segment on that alone. But we want to get to number five, um, boasting about yourself. Oh, man, this is done so often as well. In these day and hour, a lot of people have their own businesses. Uh, We're thriving as a country, as a nation, as it is. And we do have a lot to boast about. We are proud of our accomplishments. We love the things that we're doing out here. And 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 it's very tempting to share those things. But when it comes to uh, looking as though you're boasting and bragging on yourself, you know, it doesn't look good. It's best for someone else to brag on you. It's best for someone to take the time to get to know you and see that this is who you are. Oh my God, you're an amazing person. I didn't know you were doing uh, such wonderful things. When you boast, you don't, it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Allow someone else to take that time to boast upon yourself. Don't do that, please. It's a big no-no. Eric, can I just interject something real quick? Definitely. When I uh, put the five biggest first date mistakes, uh, we all know the list was so long, I could not put that all on one caption. <laughs> I wanted to have these uh, stand out because we know that, you know, don't arrive to a date late. We know these things, okay? But I wanted to put the things out that in this day and hour, I see it being done even more so. We're trying to get that down pat that we don't show up uh, late to a date. We're trying to get things down pat that you get your hygiene order. Uh, before you go on a first date. Don't come smelling terrible. Don't have bad breath. We know things, but I wanted to tackle what I'm noticing today and what surveys are showing. And I'm so glad to hear you describe it that way. And, And obviously we know there's more to it. And before we get to the you know, the second and the third set of things, because I want to definitely end this on a happy high note with some things that we can do. I have a set of words for you. Okay. And I want you to talk about how important these words are when it comes to a relationship and, you know, maybe look at that whole dating scene. And I'm really interested in hearing your take on these, okay? Sure. And there's only a handful of words, but the first word is chemistry. Is oh. chemistry a requirement <laughs> for a relationship to get started in the right direction? Absolutely, Eric. I'm so happy you uh, brought that up. 
Chemistry is very important. It's the same as having a great rapport with someone. The chemistry is basically the interaction of one personality with another. You want to make sure that that chemistry is there. You don't want to force chemistry. Chemistry is nothing you force people. When you force it, it will not work. If it don't fit, you must have quit. Okay. So, okay. so um, I met Johnny Cochran personally. <laughs> And he mentioned something that he told O.J. Simpson, and I am not going to repeat it on this segment, but that is a well-timed comment. Okay, so the second word is communication. Oh, wow. That's my favorite. I'm so happy you're asking me that. Communication, very important as well. Communication, I often like to say effective communication, Eric. The reason why I want to say that is because a lot of us, we're communicating, uh, but we're not really effectively communicating. You know, there's a joke that a wife told her husband. She said, you know, honey, our next door neighbor, every time he goes out to work, you know, he tells his wife, I love you. And he gives her a kiss. How come you never do that? He said, how can I, honey? I barely know the lady. <laughs> you see, she was communicating, but she was not effectively communicating. When you effectively communicate, you want to be clear about what you're saying and what the subject is. You know what she was saying. How come you don't do it to me? He totally misunderstood what she was saying. So communication in a relationship is very vital. We need to know what are we really talking about here. I, I, I totally get it. You know, I think couples end up becoming bilingual. If not trilingual, I think you learn in the English language and then you learn your relationship language. And and and, and trust me, the vocabulary and the, the the phrasing, what works for one couple does not necessarily work for another. We're not going to go on a tangent. But um, another phrase for you is common interest. Do you have to have an abundant set of common interests for a relationship to work? I believe you need to have some common interest, but you don't have, an, have to have an abundant uh, common interest. To have just enough to where, you know, this relationship can work because we have enough that we have in common that can help us thrive. But don't try to force yourself to be totally interested in what this other person is interested in because now you're becoming fake. Personally, with me, I'm not a sports fan, and I'm sorry to say. However, the person with me has to know that. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I'm a Dolphins fan or anybody else's fan. I'm not going to paint my face. I'm not going to do all of those things. But I would allow you to enjoy it, baby. Enjoy your Monday nights, whatever it takes for you to have fun. That is a separate me time, and I talk about that a lot of times with my clients. So, no, you need to have some common interests, but do not try to fake to have an abundant supply of common interests. Okay, and you have to promise to, that you'll come back and join me, and we are going to talk about I, me time yes. because I want to list some of the benefits of the me time concept yes. that a lot of people probably never even thought about. But that's Very another important. segment. So yes. I have I have two words left for you. Okay, let's go. Some interesting words, and I need to know how important this next word is okay. when it comes to starting a relationship attractiveness how attractive does a person need to be to someone else it depends on what attraction we were talking about let's talk start with this a lot of times you know there's a recent study that was done and they talked about you know what are men and women looking for in relationships and and 
you know what, Eric, that went all the way to the top about attractiveness. But what was uh, interesting to me is a lot of people define attractiveness in different ways. Now, we know that it, to be attracted to something is almost like providing, you know, pleasure or delight, um, especially in the appearance of someone, uh, uh, arousing interest of someone uh, that could be another one, engaging one's thought that's attractive. So it depends on what's attractive. What I will answer your question like this. It is very important to have attractiveness. If I'm not attracted to you, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? It is very important, but know what you're attracted to. Now, we, I would say if it is only the looks of a person, you better step back and, and, and see if this is something you want uh, in a long-lasting relationship because looks change. It can be accidents that can happen. It just can be normal things. Old age happens, baby. But just, just know that that can be a temporary thing. I would say lean more into that person's personality. Be attracted to their uh, the character of the person, not so much as the outside of the person. That lasts longer in a temporary fix. Very deep insight. And I, and I think you bring up a good point because the whole concept of attractiveness is so subjective, right? And, and it varies. To me, I think you have to really know what you find attractive because oh, yes. this gets into the last word. And I think many of us go for this last word before they go for any of the other things like okay. the communication and, you know, does this person make me feel special? things like that. But the last word is availability. And the reason I ask is because there could be times where you don't have enough time for a full-time relationship or the person that you want to start a relationship with may not be available. Is that important? It is very important. You know, it's so funny, Eric. Uh, my daughter and I, we was just speaking about availability because when people are owning their own businesses or even working uh, hours and hours, sometimes it, you are guilty of neglecting the other person. And availability is very important on so many levels in order to make a relationship last and, and build a strong relationship, you have to find a way to incorporate everything. You have to have a balance. Do you have to be able to say, hey, I have this over here that I'm doing and then I have to have that time for my significant other. Listen, I talked to clients where I had to actually say, listen, put an alarm clock on for God's sake. If you're so caught up into what you have going on outside of your partner, put an alarm clock and that clock reminds you to reach out to your partner, send a love thought, uh, reach out, call them, say something, uh, put it uh, on your agenda that we must have date night because if you're not available, it is done. There, there is no need for it to continue because it will fade away very fast. Availability is number one. Availability is number one. I love number it. one. So thanks for that, that insight. And now what I would love to hear is your take on the five things that she will never complain about. And, and, and I want all of my listeners who are in a relationship with the young lady to pay attention mm -hmm. to this, okay? Number one, compliments. Yes, I'm so happy we started with these because, you know, we hear a lot of times where men in particular feel like, oh my gosh, she complains about everything. And I want 
to put something out here to show you, well, not everything. If you want your girl to stop complaining or you're looking for things that she will never complain about, try these on for size. Compliments will always work with women. And it could be such, it could be so small as just saying, wow, honey, you know what? I really love the way you uh, cook, or I love the way you uh, take care of the children, or I love the way you handle business. It doesn't matter if she puts on something. Don't wait for her to say, how do I look? Don't do that. When she looks good or whatever, just say, wow, honey, you look nice in that. And don't make it general. Specifically point out something. Wow, those shoes look nice on you. Put something in there that she knows you're not just talking because we're good at knowing when you're just talking and you're blowing smoke. We know that. <laughs> Compliment. Just let me add, they always know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you do not want to hear the phrase, and I had it on the other day and you didn't even notice. Don't no. do it. Trust Don't me. do it. Don't do that. If she says that, you're in trouble. You better run out and buy something, a bottle of wine or roses, I, whatever pleases you, but you better do something quick. <laughs> Okay. All right. Great. Um, So that's compliments. Number two, listening to her concerns. Yes. And I really mean listening. I don't mean just being in the presence of her talking. (laughs) There's a difference. Listening to her concerns when she's speaking. All she wants you to do is listen. She, she, a lot of men are guilty of fixing things. You know, and we love as women, we love to feel secure that our man can fix things, but not all the time. We don't need you to fix everything that comes out of our mouth. Sometimes we're just literally talking. We're concerned about this. We're concerned about that. If you take the time to listen to her, uh, she would never complain about that. And how she'll know you're listening because you'll echo some things she'll say. You'll repeat back what she's saying. Try to, to not fix, just echo back. Oh, wow, honey. So you feel, so your boss really made you feel that way. I can understand why you feel that way. Something she'll know he's listening to me. She'll never complain. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and go to number three, Uh, (laughs) making her feel safe. Every woman wants to feel safe. You know, that's another study that was done on the women's side. They would say, I want to feel safe and secure. We don't need you to put on our army gear to make us feel safe. We just want to know that you're concerned about our well-being. It could be so small as coming out and making sure that our tires have enough air in them. You know, it can it can be something as small as when we're walking somewhere and you see a puddle, you move her over to the side so she does not get her shoes wet. Anything We want to feel safe. Make her feel as safe as possible. She will never complain about that. I'm sorry, I'm just writing these down for later. Okay. um, (laughs) You need to stop, Eric. So, um, (laughs) number four, gifts of love. Gifts of love. I love this. Gifts of love. Uh, Men, I am not talking about going out and getting something so grand. Now, don't get me wrong. Go get it. She'll love it. However, (laughs) gifts of love can be so small. I I hope you understand the things I'm saying about women. Uh, It's the small things that matters. And sometimes we have this misconception that everything has to be grand. It doesn't. Uh, A gift of love when you recognize the things that makes her happy, every woman is different. Focus on your woman, okay? When you recognize what makes her happy and you constantly feed into that, I'll give you an example. 
if you notice that she constantly buys flowers herself to put in a flower pot, a vase in her home, in your home, if you're with her, surprise her and you bring those flowers to her. If you notice that she loves walking around in, in, in little fuzzy socks or whatever, why don't you just have some socks? If, you, if you're nervous as a man to get those things, we have sisters, cousins, mothers, aunts, have someone else do this for her. Leave it uh, in one of her drawers or on the bed. Something cute. Gifts of love always work for women. And I will be, I tell you another little side note. If you send a gift, meaning on, the, on your phone, uh, these little memes or whatever, it can be a, a kiss. It can be whatever, thinking about you. We, we melt with things like that. It didn't cost you a thing. <laughs> Give some love she'll never complain about. Okay, okay, I'm still writing here. All right. <laughs> um, this, is, this is great, this is great. And, um, and number five, and I love this because you, it sounds like you really have to put some time into it, some thought into it, and we call it romantic outings. Yes, when we are in relationships, we, we, we do all this on the front end when we're dating. We do all of these wonderful things. We, we're, we're going to the movies, comedy shows, parks, beaches, whatever. We're doing all these things, and then we get settled into the relationship, and for some reason, we fall off. <laughs> and with women, you have to constantly keep that romance alive because you have so many uh, men out here that are actually after your woman. You should be at the gas station and a man would say, oh, honey, you have to pump your car. If you are my woman, I would never let you pump your own gas. You know, you have these things out here that men will say to you, what you want to do is keep the romance flowing. Uh, continue with the movies, continue with the dinners or lunches, go in the backyard and, and set a, a table and chairs up with, with a candle and, and uh, uh, eat dinner out in the backyard. doesn't have to be so grand, but a woman loves to feel that you are still so into her that you want a private moment with her. Romantic outings she'll never complain about. You know, the, the common thing that I'm hearing with, with each of the things you list here um, is that you have to put some thought into it. And, and I think that brings new light on the, the, the phrase, it's the thought that counts. Yes. Now, this covers the, the women in the relationship. Yes. But what about the guys? Because you have a, a, another set of things that he will never complain about. And, and I want to cover this because I want to get excited about this. <laughs> and let's just go ahead and jump into this. Number one, you have supporting his decisions. Yes. Listen, ladies, supporting his decisions is very vital uh, to a man. A man wants to feel like his woman has his back. He wants to feel as though you see his decisions as great. Uh, you don't have to pretend. What I'm saying here is when he has a decision that he wants to make and he wants to, you know, honey, I thought about this and, you know, I'm going to go forward with this and I have this business idea or, or whatever idea he's coming up with. A man does not want to hear you come against it. Well, how are you going to make that happen? You sure you can do that? I never saw you thought about that before. Stop it. He will not feel that you have his back. He will not feel that you are supporting him. And then you will wonder why he never comes to you when he has a thought or a decision. Support your man. Support his decisions. If you have a small idea or thought that he can't do this, keep that to yourself. Encourage him to go on. It, listen, we fail our way to success. Even if he fails, it doesn't matter. What he will remember is you had his back. He will never complain about that. 
Amen. I get an amen. Uh, I, 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 I love that one. Um, so number two, mm-hmm. bragging on him. Yes, I love this. You know, Eric, believe it or not, a lot of women, we talk about our men to one another. We have brag sessions um, about our men and we talk about what he does and how we love him and everything, how good of a father he is and everything about him. But we neglect to tell him. A lot of times we neglect to tell him a man needs to feel that, wow, she sees me that way. And let me tell you, the icing on the cake is when you brag on your man in front of others. He eats that up. He will look like it's not phasing him or it's not that important. Believe me, on the inside, he's screaming that you're bragging on him. He would never complain about that. Okay, okay. So bragging on him is is a good thing. You guys love it. I, I can't even lie. Yeah, I, I do love that. All right. So number three, acknowledging his efforts. Yes. Here, here's one that a lot of us women, we slip on. Acknowledging his efforts. When he does something, he could try to repair something around the house. Uh, he could try to, it, it doesn't matter what he's putting himself out to do. If he even buys you something that you're not particularly happy with, but okay, it'll do. Acknowledge his efforts. Let him know that, wow, I appreciate you thinking about me in this way. Wow, honey, I really appreciate you trying to fix that plumbing. I appreciate that you tried to do that before we actually had to call a real plumber out here. (laughs) In other words, but but acknowledging his efforts instead of bashing his efforts. Oh, you bought me this. You know, I don't like red, you know, or you really thought you can fix that plumbing. Come on, ladies, acknowledge his efforts. It makes a man feel really good and he will never complain about that. This is some really good stuff. This this is good. Um, laughing at his jokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, a lot of men, they love to tell jokes. Now, everyone has their own way of joking, okay? But when he's joking, he's sharing that with you because he really thinks it's funny. No one's going to tell a joke that they think is not funny. Okay, so that's tip number one. If he's telling a joke, laugh okay (laughs) laugh with him especially if he's telling a joke around friends and family or anyone else if he he needs at least you to be that cheerleader for him okay laugh at his jokes and makes him feel good and makes him feel like you get him if nobody else gets him laugh at his joke it doesn't hurt you at all he will never complain about it. You know, it's starting to sound like you've been in a relationship once yeah I've been in one (laughs) okay all right so here's here's number five and I, and I really love this one, appreciating yes. his gifts of kindness. What's yes, that about? Eric, yes. Listen, men, they're constantly trying to get our approval. Uh, they're constantly doing kind things for us. And a lot of times as women, we take it for granted. Um, sorry, women, just say ouch uh, if it's true. <laughs> we take it for granted. We have, some of us have the attitude of, well, he should do that. He's supposed to do that. It doesn't matter what he's supposed to do. He has a choice. He doesn't have to. Uh, so it is very nice to appreciate 
appreciate his gifts of kindness. That's not saying appreciate it only within your heart. Tell him, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate how you're holding this family together. I appreciate the type of father you are to our children. I appreciate the type of man you are to me. Tell him, give him those words, encourage him in that way. And guess what, ladies, a secret, he'll give you even more, baby. Appreciate him, his gifts of kindness. He'll never complain about it. Love this. I think it's beautiful when you can share that with people and, yes. and you know, you're giving so freely and many of us could use this information. A lot of us tend to go to our boys or to our girlfriends to get this knowledge. <laughs> and we, you know, and, and we, we don't realize that, you know, this guy hadn't even been in, on a date in 12 years, you know. Or, you He's know, rusty. He's rusty. He doesn't lady, know what's going on. I don't know if, if this is my source, but this is your circle. <laughs> so I, I would challenge every everyone, um, spend some time um, yes. just to hear what the professionals have to say. And anyone with that experience of, of going through these relationship yes. challenges, they've got some valuable insight. And anyone with the qualifications to be able to, to speak on that, um, those scenarios, I think um, it's time well spent. And, and I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. But I have one final question for you. Sure. And this is something I was thinking about as we were preparing. And I, and I look at how you prepare us for that first date. And then once that relationship starts, you, you, you give us the, you know, some tips that we can use to yes. maintain a successful relationship. Yes. But let me ask this question. Do you think it's harder to be in a relationship or to prepare yourself for a relationship? I think the difficult part is preparing yourself. And I say this uh, for this reason. What I'm finding as I speak to couples and I work with a lot of couples is a lot of a lot of people don't know what they want in a relationship. They tend to just start dating and saying, I'll know it when I see it or when I feel it. No, that's not true. Do not fool yourself with that. You need to know what a healthy and long-lasting relationship looks like to you, not what it looks like to your mother or your father or your homeboys or your girlfriend. What does a healthy, strong, long-lasting relationship look like to you? And begin to prepare yourself for that. Because what you're looking for, you need to be. You need to give that as well. So the work is harder preparing because it is work that you have to do on yourself before you get into a relationship. It just seems the other way around, Eric, because once we're in that relationship, we've never prepared. So now it seems like being in a relationship is much harder, but it's not true. Preparing is much harder, but it is worth it. To me, I, I think a lot of the difficulty in preparing comes from sometimes we think we're already prepared. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, oh, I got this. And you oh, don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> because when I begin to probe and ask certain questions about what does a, a great relationship, or however I word that to most people, if I say, what does a great relationship look like to you? I hear a lot of stuttering, stumbling. You don't know what it looks like to you. So how can someone else know what to provide to you? You don't know what it looks like. Interesting. And, you know, well, that's why we just go by what our girls or our guys you know, tell us, you know. That's why we're not you know, working out. We, we, we go by the, what the people in our circle tell us we should that's, want. That's exactly and, why it's not working out, Eric. And you let her do that? You know, girl, I wouldn't do, you know, that kind of, that, that's the input that we love, right? You don't Facebook. want me to get started on that. That's another show. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, so 
Um, you have a book out, right? How yes. to resolve any relationship issue. Yes. Um, and, and, and I love the title of that because it's so straightforward. Yes. And I actually saw it on, on Amazon. Tell us a little bit about the book sure. and um, what motivated you to get this published. Let me tell you, uh, Eric, what motivated me is I actually have an apology page in my book in the beginning of the book because I screwed up so many relationships. <laughs> so it's not funny at all. When I'm talking about building relationships, I'm coming from a place of experience, not a place of I just know it all. It's because I ruined so many of my relationships. And this is on any level, whether it's business, friendships, uh, family, lovers, whatever you want to say. I ruined so many. So uh, it prompted me once I asked myself the question, what is going wrong? What continues to go wrong? I had to probe myself and ask that question. When I came up with the answer to that, I wrote a book because I said, if I can help people devise a plan, a solid plan on facing conflicts that needs to be resolved, uh, no matter who they need to settle things with, I wanted to provide that to them. They cannot make the mistakes and errors that I made. And, and, and listen, the, the, the title of the book is How to Resolve Any Relationship Issue. And I mean exactly that. But what you first have to understand is that resolving an issue doesn't mean that you're going to win the prize or suddenly the other person will see things, you know, that you have the best way. You know, it means that the issue or issues have been addressed in the best possible manner. It means you covered every base and made everything clear. It also means that you gave the other person a fair chance to express themselves. You know, it means no one will walk away feeling like they were attacked, judged, or sabotaged. This is how to uh, prepare yourself and resolve any relationship issue. So many of us have felt in that area. And I wanted to write a book that was straight to the point. The book is, uh, I think is about 56 pages on purpose, Eric, because I wanted to get right to the point. I wanted to create scenarios that you can recognize yourself in and also give you tips on how to solve these relationship conflicts. And, and, and again, this is an example of when someone is able to speak from a certain perspective or, and I, and I love how you start that out with, you know, describing the fact that you have a, an apology page in the book. I mean, yes. I mean, I can't speak for everyone hearing this right now, but I think that that is a very interesting concept. You know, what if we were to do that? And, and, you, and if, you, if you were taking that time to kind of look inward to say, okay, wait a minute, maybe something isn't quite right here. Yes. Okay. Um, before I go out and try to create a new, you know, relationships and, and you know, here and there, um, business, personal or otherwise, you know, am I ready yet? Right. Correct. You know, what what may I need to address? And, yes. and um, I think that's a very good exercise. Right. And yes, it is. I definitely um, encourage all of our listeners to go out and, and, and pick up a copy of this book. It's a really good deal going on right now. Yes. The Kindle version <laughs> of this book, and I'm going to snag it. And, and, and Angela, I want you to promise to come back and, and share some I more insight. I have so many segments here. This, we can do this, it. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I think this will be great. And, and I really appreciate you stopping by the thought session to talk with us today. Where can we uh, learn more about your offerings? You know, uh, I have Linktree, uh, and I will actually send that over to you for your audience. It's Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E uh, forward slash Angela Walker. You will find all my services, everything there. But the best way to reach me is on my Instagram, and my Instagram name is Angela dot S 
Walker. I give daily relationship tips free of charge. And I think that it's a great place to start, whether you're in a relationship or you're contemplating getting in a relationship. Get those tips. Don't just look at the captions. Read the descriptions underneath. I'm really pouring out, giving great information there. Thank you so much, Angela. Uh, I can't wait to check it out and I can't wait to read the book. And I appreciate your time today. um, And we look forward to having you again here on Thought Session. Thanks so much, Eric. Thought Thought Session. Session. Thought Session.